Hello, podcast listeners. Today's sermon was given on the third Sunday of Easter, and my sermon title is, What If the Sin Just Sneaks Up on Me? It's from our lectionary series on 1 John, entitled, Abiding in the Resurrection. Well, we're continuing to look at 1 John, and today we're looking at 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. And when John speaks of the world, translated from the Greek cosmos, it is often viewed in this context as the opposite of God's intention for us. And it is from this juxtaposition that we'll view the scripture today. I invite you to hear this. See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this. When he is revealed, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. And all who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. Everyone who commits sin is guilty of lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he was revealed to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him sins. No one who sins has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Everyone who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And let us pray. Gracious God, we recognize that sin is a part of our lives, and yet we seek to abide in Christ. Help us to respond to our forgiveness with renewed faithfulness as we meditate on your word today. Amen. Well, Matt Carson is a travel blogger who was sightseeing on a small dinghy during a trip to Antarctica with his wife and some friends, and they happened to notice some commotion in the water. The video they took of the experience went viral. He stated that a large pod of orcas showed up and they were playing in the water right beside the boat. They swam right up to the camera and said hello. But suddenly the orcas started chasing a penguin and they were trying to eat it. Now this sounds like the kind of thing that would happen to my wife Cheryl because she hates to see animals get eaten or hurt on those nature videos. But she's like a magnet for it. So in this particular instance, the penguin trying to get away tried to jump in the boat but it just bounced off the side. However, in a show of resiliency, the penguin's second attempt landed it safely inside to the shock of everyone on the boat. The orcas gave up chase after a bit, and eventually they just moved on. Karsten said after they were cruising around for a little bit, the penguin said goodbye to everyone on the boat and just hopped back into the icy water. Now, I love this story, and so did a lot of people evidently because it did go viral. So what's not to like? You've got a cute underdog animal that's pursued by a big bully, and he escapes by temporarily joining a community of sightseeing people who welcome it in with open arms. How is this a metaphor for the church? Sometimes an outsider shows up among us, and we're joyfully delighted to see them, just like the penguin. They may be looking for refuge as well, from the world, as John would say. Do we recognize when Christ comes among us? I think that depends upon our response. How would you feel if the people of the boat had started kicking at the penguin and knocked it back into the sea toward the killer whale? <laughs> well, probably we would have been really upset or angry. You really just can't imagine them doing this kind of response, can you? But those who are not a part of us, a part of our community of faith, well, they may jump in our boat. 
How do we respond? Verse 1 gives us this interesting perspective. It says that the world does not know us because the world didn't know Jesus. What does that mean? Then later, John speaks of us abiding in Christ and how we don't sin when we're abiding in Christ. As we think about abiding in the resurrection, where does sin enter into the equation? Certainly, we are not sinless. In fact, that was a big point in last week's reading from chapter 1. I think John means that as we take our forgiveness seriously, we seek to be more faithful. It's not that God turns from us when we sin, but rather we turn away from God. So the world, as John states, does not abide in Christ. For the world, it is not normal to forgive others. But as we abide in Christ, we seek to forgive people who do us harm. And that's not a normal characteristic of the world. But what if holding a grudge just sneaks up on me? Does that mean I'm not abiding in Christ? Well, that may be the case for the moment, but Jesus continues to abide with me. Jesus continues to pursue me. Jesus seeks me to come back to what isn't normal. I like the story of Jean-Claude Juncker, the European Commission president, who revealed in an interview that he keeps a book with a list of people who have crossed him in the past. Now, I know that may sound like a joke, but seriously, one of the most senior officials in the EU walks around with a book of names of people who have been mean to him. <laughs> Juncker says in the interview, I have a little black book called Le Petit Maurice, where for the past 30 years I have noted when someone has betrayed me. He goes on to say in the interview that the book isn't really full because people rarely betray him. <laughs> To defend himself, he says a little later, I am not vengeful, but I have a good memory. The book became so well known during his time as the Prime Minister of Luxembourg that he would tell people attacking him, be careful, little Maurice is waiting for you. Now that's the world, at least according to John's perspective. But this is not abiding in Jesus. How did Jesus treat those who strayed? Do you remember the woman at the well? She was so excited by her encounter that she became an evangelist and brought the whole town out to see Jesus. Do you remember Zacchaeus, the tax collector who climbed the tree? Jesus went to his home and Zacchaeus became a giver rather than a taker. Now, none of that is normal. It's also not normal to give people the benefit of the doubt. But what if mistrust sneaks up on me and I doubt the sincerity of the intentions of my neighbor. Does this mean I'm not abiding in Jesus? Well, that may be for the moment, but Jesus is still abiding in me. Daryl Dash in his blog article, The Hoarder Next Door, spoke about the small studio next to his condo. Most of his neighbors fit the profile of the area, young, professional, and private. And that's why he was surprised when the new guy moved in. He was older, he didn't work, he was pleasant enough, but he was also a little bit of an awkward fellow. His place was a disaster. Daryl says that when he left his apartment, he'd sometimes see into his neighbors. He said laundry baskets were stacked from floor to ceiling. A trail of debris began at his door and continued down the hallway. I'd sometimes find his cart and his backpack outside his door. We've always wanted to hold a floor party, but we didn't. We never invited our neighbor for a coffee. We'd make small talk in the hallway, but I never learned his name. On Monday night, I found police officers in the hallway. 
More police arrived and someone in a suit. Someone must have complained, I thought. The police have called a social worker. But then I heard them talk about the coroner. My neighbor died last weekend. They found his body on Monday. A police seal now seal secures his door and my neighbor is gone. Nothing might have changed if I'd invited my neighbor for a coffee, Daryl writes, but I would have known his name. I might have known his story. Now I'll only know him as the hoarder next door, and that's no way to know a neighbor. You remember when Jesus called Matthew to follow him? Like Zacchaeus, he was also a tax collector. I guess Jesus gave him the benefit of the doubt. Well, that's not, that's not normal. Jesus, don't you know this will change the way the community will see your church? You can't take in a disciple that acts like this. Good grief, Jesus. Is this any kind of example for us? It is not normal to love those outside our tribe. You know, our people, those who fit in with what we do. What if we preferred the company of people that are in our bubble? And what if that kind of behavior just snuck up on me? Does that mean I'm not abiding in Jesus? Well, that may be for the moment, but Jesus is still abiding in me. Christy Lewis was scheduled to receive her COVID-19 vaccine in February, but when she saw a neighbor in need, she decided to give her appointment slot away. What Lewis didn't realize was that it wouldn't be so simple. Lewis wanted her slot to go to Emily Johnson, who'd posted her plight to the social media site next door. Johnson was scheduled for an open-heart surgery in Cleveland, but needed the vaccine to fly in an airplane, and none of her doctors in Austin had access to it. Moved by Johnson's plight, Lewis responded, I'm scheduled for the vaccine this morning at 10.45 a.m. You need this much more than I do. If you can make this appointment, it's yours. Please call me to arrange. However, the plan ran into a snag. When Lewis accompanied Johnson to get the vaccine, the clinic receptionist told him that swapping was not allowed. <laughs> you see, the world says it is not normal to offer love to those outside your tribe. And so we have to explain it to the world. Well, it did take some explaining and convincing, but eventually the reception finally consulted her supervisor who authorized the swap. Lewis said, I have a son who is a quadriplegic, and we've been the recipients of numerous acts of generosity from other people. It's a good feeling to be able to pay it forward. After their story went viral, Lewis confirmed that her vaccine appointment had been successfully rescheduled. Well, that's just odd behavior. The world reminds us to keep our own appointments, doesn't it? Jesus would never go outside his tribe, would he? Well, except for that Syrophoenician woman's daughter that he exercised the demon from. Or that Roman centurion slave that he healed. Or that Samaritan leper that he made clean. You know, the only one who came back to thank him. Well, to abide in Christ, to abide in the resurrection, may mean that we set aside the values of the world. Sometimes these values sneak up on us. Fortunately, we have forgiveness in Christ. In fact, we follow Jesus because we are forgiven. We know a thing or two about grace because we are recipients. So we are more happy to give it away. What an odd collection of people you are. I wouldn't trade you for the world. Amen.